Hey everybody and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Today I want to talk about a very controversial topic. And uh, and so I'm just going to jump right in and uh, today we're going to talk about money. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the Apostle Paul, he speaks about this free will offering uh, that is given by the churches in Macedonia. Now, money is a controversial topic in churches. Some churches, they, they teach and they, they really kind of make a demand uh, about money. Uh, some churches, they, they want to apply the Old Testament tithe, which is part of the, the, um, the laws for Israel that really I, I think have actually been fulfilled in Christ. So sometimes we want to align with like, this is what you have to do. But let's, um, well, let's back up just a little bit before we jump in here. And let's remember what's been done for us. And let's remember what we have to do to maintain that. What has been done for you as a believer in Christ? Well, you and I, we were rescued from our sin. We were those who were, were spiritually completely impoverished. And Christ, though he was rich, we're going to see he became poor to rescue us from that state. And so now we have, we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We have been lavished with the grace and with the mercy, with the great love of God. And so now because of that, there is nothing we have to do to, to earn salvation. It's been given. It's done. It, the, the, the job is done. Paid in full. So we are now the beneficiaries, beneficiaries of, of the great grace and gift of Jesus Christ. That means we are... We are free. Do, do we walk in obedience morally? Yeah. But, but we're free. And uh, this, this might be kind of challenging to some of us, but I think we're even free financially. Uh, I, I don't think we're actually on a hook like Old Testament Israel was on so that they could support the, the priestly system. Instead, instead of having an amount we, we have to give, instead, you and I, we choose to voluntarily give to support the mission and the ministry of local churches and even other organizations, but specifically the local churches out of a heart that is full of gratitude for the work that's been done with us. We give out of the grace that we've received. And our giving is a gift, is a, is a grace itself. It's not an obligation. It's a, it's a gift we give. Now, here's why I say that. Let's go ahead and let's, let's jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 8. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Well, what's going on with these churches in Macedonia? This is uh, the church of Thessalonica and Berea and Philippi would be included. It says, For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Here's what's going on in those churches. Those churches are impoverished. Those churches are dealing with great hardship. They're dealing with persecution. And yet, even in poverty and in persecution, they have voluntarily given to meet the needs of the church in Jerusalem. Verse 3, For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord. They gave what they could, and then they sacrificed to give more, and it was based upon their own accord. There was no uh, guilt-driven um, sermon campaign 
forgiving. There was no um, hook that was laid out before them if they wanted to be included in the church. There was a need, a need that would support ministry and the gospel advance. And they loved the gospel and they loved Christ and they loved the church. And so they gave of their own accord. Verse four, says, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. It, it, it almost sounds like the Apostle Paul was like, hey, you guys are really having a tough time. I don't want you to worry about giving to this, this collection for the saints. Say, what do you, whoa, no, no. They begged him earnestly for the favor of taking part. Paul couldn't stop them from giving generously to the work of the ministry. Verse five, and this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, so the, the Corinthians, he says, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. What, what act of grace? Generously giving as the Lord leads to, to the mission and ministry that is centered on the gospel. Verse eight, I say this not as a command, but to prove by your earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. This is interesting. He says, I'm not commanding you to give. I'm not commanding you. This is not something you have to do. But I want you to see how other believers are responding to the gospel and the needs within the church. I want you to see their earnestness and I want you to, to consider your earnestness in this work of gospel ministry. If this really is the most important thing in the world, are, are you willing to align with it financially? And look at where he land. Oh, I shouldn't say land, but this is where we're going to land. Verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Now, these are just beautiful, beautiful words in the scripture. He, he takes the Corinthians, he takes their eyes off of their giving, he takes their eyes off of the earnestness of the churches in Macedonia, and he puts their eyes on Christ. He says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the, the gift of the unearned favor and merit of Jesus Christ. This says, though he was rich. Well, how rich was Christ? Well, he was eternally rich. He was without want or need, existing for all eternity past. And, and yet he, for your sake, became poor. This is the incarnation. This is ultimately his, his death, his betrayal, his crucifixion and his burial. And then, then victoriously his resurrection. Why? So that by his poverty, you might become rich. If we were to talk about money in the church, here's the point. 
the, the point is, you, you don't have to give. But, but the church isn't meant to be begging you for your money. Paul wasn't begging for the money. Rather, you should, you should be able to look at your church, hopefully whatever church you're part of, and you should be able to say, I see this church, I see their earnestness in gospel ministry, I see the work of the saints, I see the mission that's happening. And just like the, the churches in Macedonia begged Paul for the favor to, to be part of what God was doing, this is what should it look like it should look like in our hearts. We should be eager. We should be eager to share what has been entrusted to us. Let's land right here. The reality is, none of it's ours anyway. Every dollar that we have, it comes from the hand of God. Just like our intellect and our skills and our abilities, everything we have, it ultimately finds its source in the hand of God, which means you and I, we, we're just stewards. We just manage what he has given us for his glory. And, and so here's where we land. Are we eager to be the best stewards possible so that we can use what God has given us for his purposes, for his kingdom? This is the ancient way for our modern day.